yes we want to get more astronomers that would be good but more than that we want to get more informed people and especially the next generation of leaders and scientists who will be in charge of our planet to be more kind and more and make better decisions about our home That's Susan Morabana. She's co-founder of the Traveling Telescope Program in Nairobi, Kenya. Welcome to People Making a Difference, a podcast about people who are step-by-step making a better world. I'm Dave Scott. Ms. Morabana's company was started seven years ago when Susan and her partner, Chu Owen, bought a telescope and started carting it around Kenya. They've reached about 200,000 African school kids. Their mission is about giving equal access to the skies for all Kenyans and to inspire the next generation of scientists. But their story is also a love story. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. The traveling telescope also comes with a traveling inflatable planetarium, a domed tent with a planetary show inside, which they bring to schools. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm glad you're here. So you've said that you're not necessarily trying to create a new generation of African astronomers with your traveling telescope. What are you trying to do? I think the main aim of our company is to try and get as many young people to look through the telescope with the aim of inspiring them into science and education but also really to get people to start thinking of their space and their place in our planet and how we have this unique, nice home we live in and why it's important for us to take care of it. Yes, we want to get more astronomers, that would be good, but more than that, we want to get more informed people and especially the next generation of leaders and scientists who will be in charge of our planet to be more kind and make better decisions about our home. Can you give us an example of what it's like when you do connect with this next generation of scientists? So we had gone to a school, an underserved school, a few kilometers out of Nairobi. It was very dusty, a few classrooms, not well-built school. And as soon as we got there, all these kids ran in excitement because they wanted to, you know, have this new experience. So we got our planetarium out. It's a portable planetarium, set it up. It's You have to use a blower to blow it all up. So it's very noisy and attractive. So we did our show there. And then early evening, we had the telescope out and gave the kids a chance to look through the telescope. Some of the kids who were there had carried their younger siblings on their backs and they were walking. One at a time, they had a long queue looking through the telescope. And we were looking at the moon, I remember. And so when this boy came, uh, he was probably about 15. Um, he looked through and he looked at the moon and looked through the telescope again. And he was like, I now believe in science. Like, I've, I've experienced this. I now believe in it. And he'd obviously probably seen the moon many times, but just seeing it, through the telescope was really powerful. We, we do get those reactions, but this one is just powerful for me. I keep remembering his expression and his excitement because of looking through the telescope. 
when you get those moments, these sort of aha moments when kids really connect with the science and what you're doing, how do you nurture that? I know you had a space camp this summer. Are there other things you can do to help nurture that? We've not quite figured out that yet. I've not quite figured out how to keep that energy and everything going. We've gone to places so remote and received very good feedback, but that's it. It's, you know, you're two, three hours and then you're moving to the next thing. And I felt that I needed to do more than just give kids a chance to look through the telescope. Like, what about the kids who are really interested in astronomy or just who feel they've now changed their mind? Like, what happens to them? Just like you've asked me, what role can I play? How, how do I make this more than just the experience for the ones who are very keen? Part of the reason we started the space camps was to obviously bring in kids who already really love um, space. So I feel that pressure to try and do more. <laughs> Susan later tells me that the pandemic lockdowns have in fact helped create some infrastructure for that continuing connection in space education. During the lockdowns, the traveling telescope team could no longer visit schools, so they got some funding from the Airbus Foundation and set up online classes in astronomy, rocketry, and robotics, such as building a Mars rover. The kids and their schools, even in remote areas that have access to the internet, have computers, and were able to connect to them. So these programs are ideal for Kids who are already very keen, who want to explore more, do more science, and the various different things that they can get into. So we, we are trying to keep that going. For older kids, Susan encourages them to study astronomy or engineering at the university. And Kenya has a small space agency now, and Kenya's location on the equator is at a cost advantage for launches. Sometimes we have a few students who we keep seeing over and over and a few really want to get into astronomy. There's an astronomy program in our local university. So we try and connect them with astronomy graduates who we happen at the moment to work with one. So just to show them that they can still work in Kenya. And then Kenya now has a Kenya space agency. So the equivalent of NASA. So we're very excited about that because previously when we'd go to schools, they'll say, oh, we want to work for NASA. And now we're really trying to work closely with the agency to set up clubs in schools, especially in places where we can't reach so that the kids can nurture their interest in space exploration and space education. As a Kenyan woman, Susan knows she's a role model. There aren't very many women astronomers or scientists in her country. And I know there are many kids who don't have people they can, you know, look up to or relate to easily. And so it's important for us. And I feel the pressure that I need to reach out to girls and boys or ha them have access to people that could be role models for them, whether they end up doing astronomy or what we do or any other different career. It's just so important for them to see. In many countries, including Kenya, research shows that girls in high school and college tend to pull back from the sciences, leaving fewer women working in the STEM areas in science, technology, engineering, and math. But Susan says she's never felt that pressure because she had supportive parents. 
I decided to go into astronomy. I quit a job to go into astronomy and my parents supported me. They didn't understand why, but they supported me. And that was such an important thing for me. My dad always has had that when I was younger. He would read through my books even if he didn't understand just because he wanted to know what I was doing. And I always valued that kind of support from him. And I hope I'll do that. I now have children and I try to be as present as possible and also try not to insist that they have to do, have to work or be part of the traveling telescope. So, and support them if they want to go into science or art or they want to do five different things at the same time. I think it's our role as parents and leaders in, in that sense to support them through. So I have an eight-year-old niece who's really good at math. What advice would you give to parents or an uncle of girls who show an interest in science, technology, engineering, and math? To your young niece and any other young kid who might listen to this, go for what you love and do it and work hard and do it with all, all you can. And don't listen to people who say, no, you can't do it because they'll be there. If you believe in what you want to do, really go for it. And about that love story. In 2013, Susan was organizing a trip to northern Kenya to watch a solar eclipse. At the time, she was already working with school children and got a big donation of solar eclipse sunglasses to give out in Kenyan schools. And this guy in England, Chu Owen, contacted her and said he wanted to film children getting the sunglasses and join the trip to film the eclipse. I had received more than 5,000 safe solar glasses through an organization called Astronomers Without Borders. And, and it's through them that uh, Chu got to get my contacts. So, um, of course, I was like, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, happy to have you join the trip. So he came and we ended up going to Turkana. And I, I don't know how it happened, but we ended up um, really connecting. In fact, Susan and Chu have something most couples don't have. Chu captured on film the first moment when he met Susan after arriving in Nairobi. It's part of the documentary he made titled Good Luck and Clear Skies, African Eclipse 2013. We are on the road to meet Susan Murabon, who just landed in Nairobi, feeling really tired. It's been a long, long journey. Very excited about meeting Susan, um, and she is the head of marketing of the African Astronomical Society. And uh, we're going to be following her as she goes to collect the boxes which contain the solar safe glasses for distribution around the schools. Black t-shirt and blue jeans. Okay, we'll look out for you. That might, might well be Susan just here. I just pull up the door. Hello, are you Susan? Hi, hi. Hello, how are you doing? Nice Thank to meet you. you. Nice How's to things? Meet you too. <laughs> and on that 2013 trip, as they watched the solar eclipse together at Lake Turkana, Chu kissed Susan for the first time. And just a few weeks later, the idea of the traveling telescope emerged serendipitously. A large telescope had been donated for Susan's educational work, and Chu wanted to team up with her and take it to visit schools all across Africa. The more pragmatic Susan said, 
let's start in Kenya. A team and a plan to share the stars with school children was born. The couple now have three children of their own. Yeah, it just happened. It's just weird. <laughs> and sometimes it's nice to remember that. And uh, yeah, I feel fortunate that I was, um, I work with someone who understands. We, we really get along and really understand what we want. We have the same ideals and we're happy. We really enjoy what we do and we're both very passionate about it. So I'm lucky to have a partner like that. <laughs> We have different roles, I guess, and he's more of the technical person. And I guess, yeah, I'm more of the face of the company, but I don't know how that happened. It just happened to be that we very early on in our, in setting up the, the company, we realized that we had different strengths and we knew that our different strengths complemented each other. The company they formed, The Traveling Telescope, is a for-profit enterprise, but has a business model that relies on raising enough money by charging Kenya's wealthier private schools and safari lodges for their astronomy services so that they can freely share their 12-inch optical telescope and the mobile planetarium with public schools. But Susan and Chu say that whether someone comes from a wealthy family or not, peering up at the objects in our solar system produces the same awe and wonderment. It's a recipe for universal delight. Here's this week's challenge. Take a kid to a planetarium or out on a clear night to watch the moon through a telescope and watch the child's response. Then tell me how it went. Call me at 617-450-2410 and leave me a message about what happened? That's 617-450-2410. You've been listening to People Making a Difference, a podcast about people who are step-by-step -step making a better world. This podcast is produced by the Christian Science Monitor, copyright 2021.